10 this morning, Luke chapter 10. It's been a fun week uh, to talk about it in the afternoon business meeting. Um, earlier this week, I had a topic that I wanted to preach on, and uh, before I even got to writing the sermon, the Lord said, no, that's not what I want you to do. So I wrote another sermon, and quickly after that one was completed, God said, no, no, that's not good for this week, and I said, all right, so I wrote another sermon. This morning I woke up, and God said, I don't think that's, that's what we want today. I said, well, this is just great, Lord, thank you. Uh, so, so I came in this morning a little early, and uh, we've settled on Luke 10. Me and the Lord have an agreement that he's not going to change it now. And uh, so uh, it's, it's not, maybe not as formulated as a sermon as usual, um, but uh, it's, a great, it's a great passage, and I believe there's much we can learn from it. Look in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. And I've preached on this passage before. You've heard it. This is not that sermon, uh, um, but uh, it's, I love this story. It says, Now it came to pass, as they went, <clears throat> that they entered into a certain village. This is Jesus and his disciples. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This morning we're going to look, I don't even have a title for it, so good luck with that. Uh, we're going to look at some thoughts from this, this passage today. Lord, I pray for your help. I've already asked for it, but God, I pray that you would use your word today to speak to us, and God, would it draw us closer to you. Lord, I pray that as I present this passage that I would do it clearly and that I would do it correctly. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here this story. You've probably heard it before. Uh, at least many of you have. And it's Mary and Martha. And we know Mary and Martha, right, because they have a brother named Lazarus. And uh, so in, a, in another story later on in, in time, we know the story where Jesus is approached and it says, your friend Lazarus is sick and and uh, he didn't go right away, and when he finally shows up, Lazarus is dead. And if you remember, it's the story where Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus rose from the dead and came out of the grave. This is the same family uh, as that. Mary and Martha are Lazarus' sisters. And so Jesus comes, and, and, uh, and he arrives here into their village, and he comes into their home. doing all the work. And so isn't it funny that at least what we read in 
trying to trick Jesus on these questions. And Jesus told them, what does the Bible say? And at this point, this is before Christ's death and resurrection, so at this point, the law is there, and the law is, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. And so Jesus said to this lawyer, he says, you said, you said true, that is correct. And the lawyer still, trying to trick Jesus up, said, well, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, and he asks him, who do you think his neighbor is in that story? And he says, the Samaritan, and the man took care of him, one who was beaten. And so Jesus says, Christ, go and do the same. Do likewise to the Samaritan. Loving your neighbor is not getting rid of that filth. Not all of them. Not the worst. Some of our neighbors are not welcome. And who do we love? That person next to you. Folks, we have the opportunity to love the opportunity Sending out these seventy disciples, and he 
tells them what to do and how to act and going into these villages and what to do when they when they accept you in and what to do when they reject you. And uh, if you look down in verse 16, he says, He that heareth you heareth me. And he that despiseth you despiseth me. And he that despiseth me despiseth him who has sent me. You see, it's not about you and it's not about me. The work that we do. And as we do the work after we get the word, we understand it's about Jesus Christ. He's always had this. He's always been this. And he says to these disciples that he's sending out, there are going to be people who reject you. And he tells them what to say to them and everything. You can read it at another time. Please don't read it yet. You can read it after the service has come. But it says it there in those verses. And he tells these disciples, He that heareth you that hear me. Do you speak these words? They're my words. There's those that reject you, they're rejecting me, not Jesus. And those that reject me, Christ says, reject him that sent me. It's not about you. It's a reminder, it's not about me. to someone, and uh, they ridicule 
able to now live a life clearly. And by that I mean being able to live a life that completely becomes an act from you. And uh, um, regardless what's going your way, you understand that this is not about me. I pray that through me, dear God. Pray that that divides me and dishonors me.
down uh, inside the east bay that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I be by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I, if I wish to, uh, by which the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is coming on you. Then they brought, I mean, brought, yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm sort of thinking, we're going to be talking about casting out devils, and I'm sort of thinking, I'm forgetting to this, but I think it's important, so maybe I'm forgetting it. Verse 17 of chapter 10, the 70 returned again with joy, this sounds right, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as if lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the 70 that he sent out, he tells them in verse, I think, 67, somewhere in there, go cast out devils, heal people, um, and preach the gospel. That's what he tells them to do. He gives them the power to do it. So now they're coming back, and they're excited. It's like a college, Bible college student, if you've ever been there or know of one. Uh, Bible college students are so excited when they do something that they were told to do and it works. And they get excited about it. And these guys come back and they're like, this has been great. Even even the, the devils are subject to us through thy name. When we say, uh, demon be gone in the name of Jesus Christ, the demon leaves. You get excited about that? You get excited about that? Verse 20. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. Don't have joy in that, but rather rejoice because your name is written Sometimes we get so excited about the things that are important that we overlook the things that are And that's when we begin to worry. That's when we begin to be troubled, to be cumbered about with so much worry. But God is saying it's good, it's needful even and to worry. And these guys come back and they're so excited about what they see. It was new, it was special, something that, that we've never seen. And we, we, they go, this is great. And he says, it is, but not with standing, but rejoice over your name. Rejoice in 